This is episode six of Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. People disappear all the time. Most are found. Eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I love free Outlander cast. Oh, me too. You know, guys, this is thanks to you. You're getting an extra episode. Some of you might be like, episode six. Oh my God. Did Outlander already come out on stars? Did I miss something? You did not. It's just that there was so much awesome, epic feedback and a lot to talk about that Blake and I sat here and we said, you know what? We need to talk with the listeners some more. Yeah, let's just, you know, split it up into two and get some more listener feedback. Let's play two, like Ernie Banks used to say. You know, the guy who used to play for the Cubs? Uh, nope, I just don't even know who he is. It's a great day for baseball. Let's play two. <laughs> okay, so just a little disclaimer. Um, we wanted to do this episode once again. Lots of emails, voicemails, tweets. We wanted to get into it. So if you're not a huge fan of listener feedback... You may or may not like this episode, but if you like the listener feedback and digging deeper into an episode, then this is for you. The second thing we need to warn you about is that it's 7.40 a.m. And our kid <sighs> is awake. He is awake, and hopefully he won't scream. So we apologize if you hear some babbling. Normally, so. we would have done this last night, but... But he's child, teething. Our child woke up at around 9.30 and didn't go back to bed until about 2 in the morning. Yeah. So we apologize. We tried to record this last night and somebody would not let us. And if we're a little loopy, that may be the reason why. Yeah. So, we're, hey, it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be great. Blake, do you have any further thoughts on the episode, The Gathering, that we didn't get to discuss before we settle into listener feedback? It's not that we didn't discuss it. It's more like an affirmation that this episode was better than the third episode, The Way Out, for me. Okay. And also... I like where the story is going. I, I've given it a, a thought on uh, on the series on the whole, and I, I, I'm liking the series. I'm not sure if I'm in love with it yet. Being a book reader, I know what's about to happen, and I know that this is a ton of setup to let us know the the characters. But when we were talking, I said, Blake, you know how long it took us to really love Downton Abbey? Mm, yes. When you have large ensembles and lots of characters that you need to get to know and understand their motives, sometimes it like takes a little while for the train to get rolling. I mean, and I, I, I like the show. I think it's great. I think it's beautiful. I think it's shot well. It's written well. Ron Moore, obviously that he speaks unto himself. I mean, th there's no com comparison to Ron Moore. But not a lot has happened. In my I opinion. think if there was only eight or ten episodes total in this season, mm -hmm. 
there might be reason for concern for just show watchers versus book readers. But I can tell you, this is just setting everything up. You need to know these characters. You need to know the motivation. But I can appreciate Yeah, no, and that's why I'm willing to just go along to get along. I'm willing to just take the ride mm-hmm. that Ron Moore is bringing me on. Uh, because, number one, I trust him. I think he's a good showrunner. Number two, when you're watching a show like this with a large ensemble, you need time. There, there's just too much to write about. There's too much to show. I'll tell you this. Episode six and seven, they're going to blow your mind. Are they really? Yeah. Uh, next week might be another setup episode, but probably the end of next week and into six and seven, you're not going to be saying this. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Book readers know what I'm talking about. Let's jump into the listener feedback. First, we want to talk about Gannon Carr's beautiful McZappos ad. Oh, my God. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. We're going to put this on the website, I think. And I will probably also get it up on Facebook and Twitter and everything else, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be everywhere. But, Gannon, we, we appreciate you. I've talked about McZappo, the gentleman who <laughs> made Column's coat a little too long. That was so racist. Who also might have sold Gayla's her shoes. We, we don't know. How about that? coat too do you think he did she he did the coat oh my god i hope so you know the one with the uh the cuff the, the fur little oh my near her, her arms and then around her neck oh my even goodness. i would wear that coat you would look hysterical in that coat i would look phenomenal in that coat enough about you wearing claire's gorgeous coat <laughs> saza left a comment on our website she says that they feel like the story is getting better and better for each episode and you know what after i finish this podcast i think blake is a little jealous of jamie too i agree thank you uh, my man pride prevents me from saying that but there may be a little jealousy involved there in regards to the claire jamie frank and uh leg hair leary <laughs> leg. for those of you who are just show watchers leary's name literally looks like you're saying leg hair <laughs> it looks like leg hair or maybe uh lego hair but that's the so for the claire jamie frank <laughs> leg hair, leary relationship when Claire uh, for, traveled through time, she was just parted from Frank, the love of her life. Frank was the ultimate goal to get back to the future. But as the story goes, Claire started to get acquainted with the Highlanders, the culture, and of course, Jamie, who is becoming her only trusted friend in this alien world. I like that callback, by the way, to that episode, Alien World. Great job. If I'm in her shoes where the only person I can trust is Jamie, not to mention his good looks, humor, and modern thoughts. God, he's dreamy. I would definitely be attracted to him, too. So that's why she actually agrees with Mary that Jane, uh, Claire tried to set Jamie up with uh, leg hair. Oh, he can't tempt her anymore. Ultimately, in the, in the three episodes that Claire has been around, she is tempted with Jamie. So now she tries desperately to use her longing for Frank as the motivation to go back to the future. Back to the future. All right. Loretta Leak, she gave us a little insight on the episode Castle Leoc, which is episode three. She, she found on Wikipedia, good old Wikipedia, the Toulouse-Lautrec syndrome seems to fit Blake's theory that Colm could not have a child. Vindication. So I guess on Wikipedia... To lose lot track, if you look it up, in addition to having some problems with his legs, Colin might have also had problems with hypertrophied genitals. I don't even know what that is. I'm afraid of typing it into Google because I'm afraid of the Google images that would come up. But hypertrophied genitals. What's the difference between hypertrophied and atrophied? I don't know, but if it's anything like his leg, 
I feel really bad for Colm. I, I, his legs. I feel bad for his wife. Well, that's probably why you might be onto something with Hamish not being Colm's son. He's Dougal's kid. I guarantee that. So, Loretta, thank you so much for doing your due diligence by checking out Wikipedia for us. Excellent stuff. From Marifel, we got some notes. Uh, Shinty, the old field hockey game that we were referencing last episode, from what she understands, the game is still as brutal today as it was in the 18th century. There was this great extra episode on stars. If you haven't checked out the extras, Ronald Moore always puts up a couple of different little videos. To They're like two minutes long, but they help explain something. And there was an episode all about Shinty. And they actually hired Shinty players to be the extras and also teach the cast. So it's a pretty cool extra. I would check it out. What a great opportunity to get a chance to get to know Scottish culture just a little bit more, right? I I never even heard of Shinty. I thought it was field hockey. I know. I'm glad that it's not field hockey because that's not how I played it. (laughs) No. And uh, I never played field hockey either. And that's not how I imagine it. Marifel also says, it kills me that folks can't tell the difference between Angus, Rupert, and Murtaugh. She's just saying. A lot of people have difficulty. I've had difficulty. Blake's had difficulty. I decided, you know what? I'm getting these guys situated because I can't stand this. I need to know who's who. Murtaugh, I've already understood. He's the more quiet, older guy. But Angus and Rupert, two funny guys. They always hang out together. They're like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Angus doesn't have teeth, and Rupert is a little he's rotund. Fat. Yes. <laughs> now, rotund is not the word. He's pretty fat. Well, whatever. I'm How Team Angus because he is just so precious and fun, and I kind of almost feel bad for him, whereas I'm not a huge fan of Rupert. Rupert's always the one beating up on Jamie. Yeah, but I think you could tell that he and Jamie are buddies. Um, I'm not a fan. I feel like Rupert's buddies with Dougal, so I'll be Team Angus. I'm totally Team Rupert. He's All a right. funny dude. Like, I, I want to sit down and have a beer with him. You can't have a beer with Angus because he drank that port. He's already down. You mean the sedative? Yeah. Is that Spanish? (laughs) You know I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) Dina Hervey also wrote in saying the sentence referencing the clicking of the heels. And there's no place like love. There's no place like love. There's no place like love. Murtaugh was right. Leary will be a child till 50. She's just dumb. I really don't like Leary. Leary is really a teenager. In the book, she's a teenager. So just think about how innocent girls were in their teenage years, like, you know, high school. Did you believe in love potions when you were a teenager? Oh, my gosh. I read all of those, like, teenage Cosmo things about how to get the boy to notice you. You know, and it was like, (laughs) fling your hair. What was your favorite tip? It was the, the, the make eye contact and you have to count to three. You have to count to three in your head. Did you really do that? I tried, but they would look away. They would look away. And I'm like, Cosmo, like Teen Cosmo, whatever it was. Oh, 17. That's what it was. 17 magazine. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't get asked out that much in high school. Anyway, (laughs) we received some great emails. First up, Angela. She says, I have to thank Blake for his insight to things I had never picked up on, even having read the book three times already. Wow read that book three times? Holy crap. He pointed out to me that he thinks Jamie and Claire are essentially the same person. Well, that they at least have a lot in common. They're both outcasts in a sense, since Jamie has a price on his head and is hiding out in Castle Leoc, and that no one really likes either of them too much. I can't understand how I didn't pick up on this before. It seems obvious now that it's been pointed out to me. I suppose that's because whenever I read the books, I was under Jamie's spell, and in a sense, I saw him as this perfectly manly man with whom everyone just loves so much. 
and I never considered how alone he might actually feel due to his circumstances. And that might he might make a connection with Claire more immediate. Recognizes kindred spirit between them as well as their stubbornness made their comfort in each other's company so much more than just sexual attraction, even though that's still there, of course. Okay, yes, Jamie is indeed dreamy. But I think you're hitting on something here. He probably does feel very alone. I think you saw that in the last episode, right? When everyone's like freaking out that he's going to take the oath. And everyone's just looking at him like, oh, what's Jamie going to do? Would Jamie have been emo if it was 2008? <laughs> Would Claire have been this really smart book nerd? And Jamie have been emo, like, nobody likes me. Claire would my have parents, been... My parents aren't around. I won't explain that. But, um, like, I have no family. And my, my family that is here hates me. I get beaten up all the time. Ugh. I'm just going to go sleep in the stable because nobody likes me. I'm going to hide <laughs> from the party. Claire would have been you. Claire would have been me? Totally would have been you. I can't stand blood. She would have been... I am convinced that this character is written after you. The one that's like, I'm going to do anything I want and no one's going to tell me otherwise, especially Rupert and Angus and even Dougal. You know, like that is totally you. You literally go around saying, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. No one's going to tell me otherwise, especially Blake. I don't think... I'm like Claire because I hate blood. Oh, no, but no. You are totally I think Claire, Claire is a strong-willed woman. I may or may not be a strong-willed woman myself. Well, you're a Taurus. What do you expect? Oh, my God. And it doesn't help that I'm a Pisces, by the way. Taurus always rolls right over Pisces. I love being a Taurus. Claire, however, is not a Taurus. You'll learn that someday soon. But I, I also think that Angela's touching on, upon something here, too. Everyone's falling under Jamie's spell. He's written as if he is like the most perfect. perfect man ever. And he's not. He's got problems. He's got issues. He's running from the law. Speaking and- about him, though, not being perfect, we got a great email from Shannon who went in a little bit deeper about that issue. She says that she actually appreciates, Blake, that you do not join the Jamie fandom fatigue. Thank you, Shannon. I knew we were kindred spirits the second I saw your name. Shannon loves Jamie, but she knows he's not perfect. In fact, Ron Moore, in both interviews on his own podcast on Stars, frequently and teasingly refers to Jamie as the king of men for much his reason. His popularity among fans of Gavaldon's novels rivals any pop star heartthrob following, which is an impulse that Shannon does not share. Damn straight, girl. She says it actually flattens Jamie's character, ignoring the fact that he has all these shortcomings and it elevates him to some inhuman status. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm going to like paraphrase what Shannon said, but it basically dumbs down Claire and Jamie's relationship. This is kind of like forcing claim, uh, claimy. Yeah, I mean, I made that up. Claire and Jamie's relationship. Um, in so much of a sense that Claire's journey just seems propelled and marked by destiny. This is precisely why Shannon doesn't understand readers and viewers who can't understand why Claire would want to get back to Frank. Because obviously there's this perfect walks on water guy, hunk, who's like a soap opera, making eyes at her. Jamie is intriguing and clever and built like a whale-muscled door, but he's also part of a dangerous world that keeps showing its dirty, nasty underbelly. Anytime that Claire thinks she's safe, another threat 
presents itself. Shana thinks that sometimes we get too distracted by the narrative moments of the romance to recognize that kind of written in the stars love doesn't actually work that way. And I love that Shannon said this. As I said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but she's just saying, don't just fall in love with Janie, Janie because he's hot. Because he's, he's got an accent, all right? Everybody in this show right now has accents, pretty much. Understand that Claire is trying to go get, get back to her husband, but that she's also being thrown into these very scary situations and that this world is really scary. And we need to understand that Claire and Jamie's relationship right now isn't necessarily love. It's, it's that their friendship and they're helping each other um, and that it's, it's epic, Okay, we may know that he is going to be her true love, but we could also look at it right now that it could just possibly be an infatuation at this point. So Shannon's just trying to bring it, make it real, you know, keeping it real, Shannon. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody is just so up in arms about Jamie. I know I keep, I keep saying this and I'm, and I'm going to keep saying it. The amount of fandom and just total like falling over themselves it's a little overwhelming. And every single person that has either commented or talked about this show is like, more Jamie, more Jamie, more Jamie. And as just a show watcher, I'm kind of getting sick of it a little bit because, yeah, Jamie's great. He's a nice guy, whatever. That like That's cool. But how am I supposed to know that this guy is the end-all, be-all of all men? But what are you as a show watcher getting sick of? Because book readers know what's going on. All right. I, I, as a book reader, I'm fawning over this. As a show watcher, I think that the directors and everyone are doing a fair job at not making you want to vomit over their love story. I would agree with that. I, I think it's more in line with everybody's reactions to this, you know, because we're in a little, diff, little bit of a different spot because we're doing a podcast about it. And everyone just keeps saying, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. And yeah, he's great so far, and I, I, he, he seems nice, seems smart, seems funny, seems manly, he's dirty, he's wear a, he wears a kilt. You just don't understand all the memes with Jamie that say, hey girl, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I You don't understand don't why he's, he's like a Ryan Gosling. He's not even a Ryan Gosling, it's more like... Oh, he's better than Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I was just going to say that. He, he's like, he's basically Justin Bieber to me. You know what he's like to me? What? He's like a... What was that character's name in Rock of Ages? The Wash. Oh, Stacy Jacks. He's like Stacy Jacks in his heyday. <laughs> the Tom Cruise character. <laughs> He's like a rock god right now. But as I said, that's because the people who feel that way were book readers. We know something you don't. And that being said, please don't talk about what's going to happen in any upcoming episodes to us on Twitter because poor Blake reads some of these tweets, and I just don't want to give it away. Listen. Jamie to me is Justin Bieber. I, I he's super popular. He's kind of good looking. And Do you mean Justin Bieber a couple years ago before he got all yeah before he got like all like douchey? Okay, okay. And but I still don't understand why people like him even at that point. So that he's basically Justin Bieber to me. He's a he's a Bieber fanatic. <sighs> I will disagree, but <laughs> um, I can appreciate what you're saying, Shannon, and I like that you want to keep it. You're keeping it real, and I really do appreciate that. Amanda sent us a fantastic email she says with her two first, questions. Yeah, she says her first question to us both is, as a love story, do you compare the story of Outlander as a whole or characters of Justin Bieber, I mean, I'm sorry, Jamie and Claire as an epic romance? 
I think Jamie and Claire is this generation's Ralph and Maggie from the from the Tom Thorn Birds. Tom Birds, way to go! I know, I, I totally read. That's how that you up. read at six a.m. Wow, holy crap! You need glasses. I need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jamie and Claire. Well, you know what? I'm gonna um, take myself out of this conversation because I don't I don't see their romance yet. Oh, I don't see it. Okay, so it's it's hard for me to describe it. So Amanda. Our challenge to you is ask this question um, after episode eight, I'd say. Oh, God. But there you go. Oh, God. I hate knowing. <laughs> truly, I hate knowing that they're going to be an item. Too bad. That's I hate what ha- it. Well, that's what happens. It was based upon books, so you have to get over it. Amanda asks another question. She wants to know if we think that Claire was sent on a mission by God to change the events in the course of history. Hmm. Or... Do we think that instead of time travel, that Claire went to a parallel universe that is very much like Earth, but time has just moved slower, and both Claire's time and Jamie's time are existing simultaneously? My brain just went... That was great, Amanda. Good thinking. Now, that's some good sci-fi stuff, which, in my opinion, wouldn't necessarily be out of the question. Why? Because they're already breaking into time travel in this show. It's not above those sci-fi elements in this show. So would it be cool if it was actually like this multi-universe type deal? I don't think that they're going that direction. I I would love it if they did. But I I don't think they're going that direction. Do you think that she was sent to go change the course of history? No, I don't. But she has an opportunity to do so. It's like the butterfly effect, you know? You, 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 You know... Step on a bug, and then all of a sudden, dinosaurs are ruling the earth in in 2014. You know, back in if you step on a bug in 1743, maybe dinosaurs could rule the earth in in 2014. Okay, you know what I mean. If you step on something, you change one thing. The entirety of the future and thereby history is therefore changed forever. You know what I want to know about what? Okay, so if Black Jack Randall, yeah is uh, Frank's ancestor. Mm-hmm. Who does Black Jack Randall get with to create oh. Frank's family? I've got an idea that it is not Claire. We're just going to have to wait and see. I don't think it's going to be Claire. <laughs> I well, after that inter- uh, interaction that they had, I want to hope not. But uh, that's that's what I want to know. As, as being sent on a mission by God to change the events, um, I don't know. You know, I I liked the song that was sung about just women passing through time by touching the stones. I just think that it's something magical about Scotland. Well, she did say that her healing powers were a gift from God. Maybe she was meant to go back and heal people back then. And and without her healing ability, because you also have to assume that those events that she's taking part in have already transpired. See, this is the problem with time travel. We're here, right? We're here now, and like let, let let's get out of this, get out of the Outlander discussion for just two seconds. You and I, Mary Larson and Blake Larson, are sitting at this table doing a podcast right this very second. If one of us were to all of a sudden poof disappear, and I was thrust into seventeen forty three Scotland, every single event that would have been my future would be different. Is Noel is now your past? Everything that I would have done in my future has already has already happened. I just go by what happened in Back to Future. That's my belief in time travel. Yeah, but the problem with that is the time travel logic in Back to the Future is so screwed up 
that you literally cannot use it. Well, too bad, because that is my staple for understanding time travel. That or the time traveler's wife. Oh, my God. I love that movie. It's a book, too. But the movie was phenomenal. It was. We do love all the, the actors involved. Oh, Rachel involved. McAdams and Eric Bana. Oh, my God. <sighs> Swoon. All right. So thank you, everyone, for your emails. Great deep discussion. Speaking of discussions, a lot of you have called in. So this is where we get to have some fun because you don't just have to hear to a Rhode Islander and a Bostonian. <laughs> you get to hear from people all over the world. Let's check out this week's voicemails. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Lori from Indianapolis, Indiana. Colin, to let you know that I'm really enjoying the podcast and really like what you're doing with a spoiler-free um, show only. Um, I am a book reader, but I like the perspective of having um, somebody who hasn't read the books to compare what I think to it. So I'm appreciating that. As far as the show, I'm really loving it. I love the costumes. I love the cast. I love the set decoration. Everything is just perfect. I'm not completely sold on the, the voiceover yet. At times it works, at times it doesn't. I'm really looking forward to see how they're doing some of the things I know coming up in the book, to see how that plays out. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about that as well. So thanks. Um, again, Lori from Indiana, Loremark513 on Twitter. Thanks. Have a great day. Lori, thank you so much for calling in, and I'm glad that you enjoy the show. I, too, as a book reader, am thrilled to see what happens later on this season. So be sure to call in again and let us know what you think about the big developments that we know are going to happen. Mary and Blake, this is at Rita Bowen 59. I love your show. Blake, you crack me up. And I love having a man's point of view. Keep up the good work. And we love you. We love you, too. And so, so happy that you enjoy having Blake's feedback he was nervous to come into such a devout fandom without having read the book. So we're glad that you are enjoying his feedback. Just wanted to let you know that your uh, website heading says Outlander Cast, an Outlater podcast with Mary and Blake. Thought you might like to fix your typo because <laughs> it's a little distracting for those of us with a little spelling ADD. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you so much to this caller and also anyone else who sent us a message over Facebook or Twitter or even left us a message on our website. We are sleep-deprived parents, and we did. We had this little thing on our website saying, out ladder. So maybe it could sound like Galus's accent. I don't know. But we fixed it. So thank you so incredibly much for that tip. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Elizabeth Taylor from North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I want you to know that I had a very busy and a very productive life before being consumed with all things Outlander. So thank you at OutlanderCast for enabling my outlandish addiction. We'll be codependent together. Agreed? Elizabeth, let's have this addiction together, my friend. Just keep submitting that feedback and let us know what you think about next week's episode. By the way, you have the coolest name. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Jo Jung calling from North Jersey, and I'm a fan of yours on Twitter. Loved the gathering episode last night. Definitely wished that there was more Jamie. He was sorely missed for the first 30 minutes of the episode. He really lights up the screen. I love your podcast, and I'm always looking forward to listening to them. Keep up the great work. Take care. Bye. 
I love your feedback. You are one of our favorite listeners on Twitter. So thank you so much for taking the time to call. And I agree with you. I could use some more Jamie as well. We're just going to have to change Blake's perspective on that matter. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Diane. My Twitter handle is OutlanderDream1. I live in Illinois. Ron looks like he belonged in the 18th century. Very dapper in his costume. Diana looked beautiful, and she was quite sassy. I loved her. Shush. She's like a librarian in the library, so I could do something wrong. You guys have a great cast. Have fun. Bye. Ron and Diana truly had a blast. You can tell. They loved being in those costumes. And I'm so happy that they were able to do this. What a great treat for them. And thanks for the feedback. Thank you, everyone, for calling into our hotline. Once again, it is toll-free. Blake and I do not answer the phone, so feel free to call at any time. You feel like chatting about Outlander at 3 a.m.? No problem. Do it. Because then we wake up the next morning, and we see that we got a voicemail message, and we geek out over our morning breakfast, and we're like, listen to what this person said. They're, they love us, or they love the show, or they, they totally disagree with you, or they're telling me that I sound like a yapping dog. I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> that even did happen, know. by the way. Not over our voicemail. Someone Not said I sound like a yapping dog. On, I, I'm on really our iTunes sorry. reviews. I'm sorry if I do. I'm, tr- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk lower in this week's episode. <laughs> well, someone thought I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a very interesting girl if you were. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Someone, I, I forget who it was. And if you're listening, I'm not making fun of you. I promise. It's just. I think they met, they, they got confused between us and the Outlander podcast. I don't know. I don't know. That's right. what she, I think she clarified. I'd hope she <laughs> didn't like, think you were I was you listening to you two gals yet earlier and I loved your podcast. And I was like, thanks, bro. I'm a boy. <laughs> I've got some testosterone. We're going to chat with uh, about some of our <laughs> our Twitter <laughs> our tweets that came in. Jalene said, "Blake, just stop hating on Jamie. He is the man. And poor Frank, he doesn't have those muscles and baby blues." Krisha enjoys our podcast with a glass of wine in the garden. Awesome as always. Yay! Blake is a Frank fan too. Oh my god, sitting with a glass of wine in the garden? Oh my god. Fancy. I feel like English. See, oh yeah, I've learned from this mistake now. I'm no longer going to say British. I'm, I'm going to say English. Good job. Hu Jong said, okay, okay, I loved this tweet. Okay, if you remember back to the flashback where Claire is on the train and Frank is saying goodbye and saying that he should be going instead. Mm-hmm. All right, remember this. Got it. Hu Jong says, Claire did not say, I love you back to Frank. Oh. In that episode, in that little scene, which she thinks reveals the true nature of her feelings for him, that she is not in love with him. She just really likes him. She was married to him. She loves him, but she's not in love with him. I hate, you know what? I I hate that. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Or guess what? I'm finally in love with you. What? I hate that. I My high school boyfriend, he was like. Is, was, this, the, is this the ding dong with the red shoes? Oh, no, that boy didn't date me. That was the boy that I just, like, cared about so much. And I told him at my 10-year high school reunion that I had a crush on him for four years. Oh, my God. She liked this kid because he had red shoes. I just thought it was so bold of him. I was like, what a, what just a, you know, trendsetter. What a dink. No, I I really cared about that boy. <laughs> he had baby blues, too. Oh, my. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, all right. Enough yeah. with the Jamie red shoes boy. <sighs> 
All right. Oh, the swooning that's happening Jen at this from, table is disgusting. <laughs> Jen from Outlander Music Musings. So this episode captured the true nature and essence of Outlander. Amazing episode and her favorite so far. Emily Leland tweeted in saying, I must say, Jamie, step aside because I'm getting smitten with my boy, Angus. Hashtag no teeth, no problem. <laughs> Emily is creating this hashtag and I am going to jump on board because Emily, I am right there with you. I love Angus. Like I, hey, exactly. No teeth, no problem. They didn't have fluoride back then. It's all right. I'm not going to judge. I don't even have dental insurance right now. I, I get it in a month. Like I, I'm lucky I have teeth. I had to go to some freak day at my clinic because I don't even have health dental insurance. So, uh, you know, Angus probably would have would have been there the same day we would have hung out. So, I, I like what you're thinking, Emily. Amy says, "Great episode." Galus was a little creepy with her questions, and Jamie needs to stop letting people hit him. Gosh, Jamie needs to wear armor. Every everyone <laughs> just wants to beat up on Jamie. And Galus needs to calm down. I, so I already told you, I think she's from the future, and she's just trying to figure out, Claire, where she's from. I think she's trying to freak her out a little bit, too. So she's freaking everybody out. Oh Lori tweets, I was on the verge of tears when Claire spoke to the wounded man. Oh. She's such a... Oh, she swore. She, <laughs> she's such a tough cookie. I'll, I'll say that for you, Lori. And Jamie is so hot, and this show is great. Hashtag loving it. I loved that scene. It was phenomenal. Imogen tweeted in, oh, poor Claire. See, there are times when kilts should not be born. And Angus is one of those times his whole life. Um, I think Emily might disagree. Emily might want to see under that kilt. We no don't, teeth, we don't no know. Problem. Hey, you know, <laughs> but I agree. I don't know how I would feel if, if boys didn't wear underwear. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I would feel. I'll put it as simply as that. Listen, I'm, I'm just sure that I would not want to see Angus's junk. I just wouldn't want to see it. I feel like it would be ugly. I feel like it would be just gross. I, I just, you know, all that's ringing in my head in my head is hypertrifoid. Uh, or what is it? Hypertrophied. Hype. Hi- I don't even know how to say it. Hypertrophied. Hype. Hypertrophied. <laughs> hypertrophied. I don't know. I just don't want to say hypertrophied. Hypertrophied <laughs> genitals. <laughs> I'd be afraid of seeing that underneath a kilt. I don't even. As I said, it just looks like it'd be painful. That's someone you wouldn't want. You wouldn't want to see columns killed. I. I just feel bad. I just feel bad. I feel like it needs an ice cream cone because that must hurt. <laughs> ice cream cone. That's what I get when I have a boo-boo. So Kate Mick <laughs> or tacos. is finally listening. I love tacos. Is finally listening to the podcast. And she says that we crack her up, though she disagrees about Galus's accent. She says it hurts her. It and hurts a few you? people. Yeah. A few people really hate Galus's accent. Really? Why? Um, well, Kate says because she feels like it goes between Scottish and Irish and Dutch. Dutch. And it's driving her bananas. What? Dutch, really? Well, here's the thing. Maybe her accent isn't a real accent. You could go along your theory. Oh, that she's making it up? Yeah. Oh, yes. I like that idea. That she's just trying to play along. She's going along to get along. I just made that up right now. Katie didn't say that, but yeah, that could be an idea. I wonder if she is Dutch and then she's trying to be Scottish. Maybe, maybe, who knows? maybe she's American. <laughs> maybe she was like on vacation one day. Wow. I kind of like her accent. Sounds like she's singing a little bit, but I feel I like can... she's being like super flirtatious. Yeah. It just sounds so like kind of, it sounds kind of sexy. It was probably something that they suggested in Seventeen Magazine. 
when you talk, have a little <laughs> sing song to it and awkwardly walk around the room. Oh, her hair, by the way, in this episode, uh-huh. I need to find out who the hairstylists are. If any of you know who the hairstylists are for the show, I need to talk to them because Galus's hair with that pretty braided bun. Maybe it was like Paul McMitchell. You know who I do not want to have hair? Like who? Mrs. Fitz. Oh. When she was like, do you see how nice my hairdo is? Looks oh, like a, girl. Looks like a Brillo pad. It looked like somebody got electrocuted. Like she put a <laughs> finger in a socket and then they bundled up. But she was so proud of it. It was such a precious moment. Christine Schwartz Walls has a little something to say to you, Blake. Blake, you mentioned that some guy whacked Angus or Rupert between the legs during the game of Shinty, Scottish field hockey. The person was Murtaugh, another example of him watching out for Jamie. And when Jamie left the hall after making his promise to call him, Murtaugh was waiting for him and they left together. And Murtaugh said, I'm getting too old for this. I wonder what kind of scrapes he has had to get Jamie out of. Okay, Blake, that's right. There was Murtaugh. And that's like one of the only ones I could understand in the beginning, was which one's Murtaugh. But a few people actually say that that line that Murtaugh said to Jamie mm-hmm. was a throwback to Lethal Weapon. Yes, it was. <laughs> and at first, when somebody mentioned that to me, I was like, no way. That's crazy. They're not going to do that. But all these people have said that's what he said. I and, I saw it when I saw it back again. And to he me, he totally says, "I'm getting too old for and this." To, to me, that is the single greatest television reference in the history of all television. I wonder it, if it, the, it's, it's better than the Wizard of Oz. It's better than all of that. I wonder if it was intended to be a Lethal Weapon because <laughs> because the guy's name is Murtaugh. The guy in Lethal Weapon, no, Danny Glover. His name is Murtaugh. No, and guess who says that in Lethal Weapon? No. No, no. It's like a running joke in Lethal Weapon. Okay. I'm getting too old for this bleep. Blake is going to make some artwork of Murtaugh <laughs> and Danny Glover. I wonder if I can combine both of them somehow. You That's know, what you're going to need to do today. <laughs> the, we'll do that by the time this episode, uh, by the time the next episode comes out. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Single greatest crossover in cinema and television history. We never have seen that coming. Such a great inside joke. Ellen Kalman says that she agrees with me. Having Jamie not in the story for the first half hour served the story well. In fact, she enjoyed seeing Alec protecting Jamie, adding that Alec to her mental list of Jamie's allies in Castle Leoc. Good. He needs more allies. That was a great, great assessment, Ellen. Thank you so much for agreeing with me. I love being right. I love being just, you know, the smart guy. All the time, isn't it? Isn't it just absolutely wonderful? Wow, Blake. People are really going to like you after this episode. <laughs> Marissa M- Mia, me, Mia Delarosa Sutton says, it, This is Claire's story. It's her journey. It's her voiceovers that we hear, her thoughts. Claire isn't joined to Jamie's hip. Thank you for that dose of reality, Marissa. A lot of people had some problems with the fact that there was the 40s music. Mm -hmm. But you know who liked it? Jamie Henrik. She says that she thinks the 40s song relates to her problems. Her least favorite part of the show is actually the horribly long conversation with Kalis. I love her, Jamie says. And I know they're trying to make it ominous, but good grief. Get to the point. (laughs) Shannon Crawford says Diana Gabaldon's character shushing Claire and Rupert made me laugh out loud. Jordy's death brought a wee tear to my eye. And every time an episode ends, I find myself wishing it was longer. I'm loving every single minute. Oh, we're glad to hear that because I am too. (laughs) 
Joyfully Centered on Instagram says it, it is fabulous to finally see the Outlander series being brought to the screen. I deeply appreciate and applaud great acting, a meaningful and meaningful script, amazing set and costumes, and the overall respect for Diana's brilliant material and such fine attention to details. Joyfully Centered also said that she loved seeing Diana in the world she created, the compassion in Claire's voice as she watches the boar gore death, and the smart choice and bravery when Jamie honors Colum as a clansman. Wait, what did you say? Boar gore? Boar gored. Like the boar gored him to death. Oh, okay. I know. It's a little a little uh, sing-songy, rhymey, but it's true. It Boar gored. What, can you just say like the boar like, ate him? He didn't eat him. He gored him with his tusk. How about cut him? Can we say cut him? Um, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> this boar gore thing is going to throw me off. I know it. I, I can tell it immediately. Okay. week goes to meg griffin on twitter whoa, whoa, whoa time out meg griffin from like family guy i don't know what does her twitter handle say it says mindian's minute she says that there should always be more jamie unless you're talking about his clothes then there should be less oh looks like meg is on the jamie train <laughs> jamie uh, meg is the conductor of the jamie train choo choo she might, she might as well own the line of the jamie train okay you know oh my god <laughs> meg I appreciate where you're coming from, but you're wrong, girlfriend. Sorry. <laughs> you wanted to have a second outlandish theory of the week. Yes. I Actually, this is going to be my third outlandish th- theory of the week. Once again, for those of you who are joining us for a first time, I am a book reader, whereas Blake is not. So Blake always gives us his outlandish theory. He's already given us two this week, yep. but with his extra special episode, he wanted to tack on another one. During the oath, well, non-oath, that Jamie gave to Colum in the last episode, he said that he will always be loyal to Colum and the Mackenzies as long as he is on the lands of the Mackenzies. Well, what happens when he's off the lands? Only time will tell. What do you think's going to happen when he's off the lands? I've got a feeling he's going to have something to do with Claire. Something is going to happen that's going to pit Dougal while he is off with Jamie and Claire doing the taxes. Somehow, some way, they're going to be off of the lands of the Mackenzies. Something's going to pit them against Jamie and Claire. Well, I'll tell you this. If they're collecting taxes, taxes... They're still on the land of the Mackenzie. I know, I know, but somehow, some way, they're going to be off the lands eventually. Okay. And it, maybe it's because of Blackjack Randall. Maybe it's because uh, Father Bane has freaked out and just has decided I'm going to go on a tirade against Claire. But I really wonder what happens when Jamie's off of the lands. Do you think he tries to leave? Do you think he tries to escape? Do you think he tries to do something to Dougal? Um, I don't think Jamie is going to want to try to leave anytime soon since. He and many people have said that this is the only safe place for him. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Jamie wants to st- wants to keep his head on his shoulders. I would agree with that 100%. But I feel like they made it a very specific point to say, when I'm on the lands of the Mackenzies, I will totally be loyal. But what happens when he's off? 
I wonder. We'll find out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so incredibly much for tuning in to this second episode for this week of Outlander Cast. It was all devoted to listener feedback. Blake and I really enjoy reading your tweets, your Facebook comments, your emails, your comments on our website all week long. Especially the voicemails too, by the way. Oh my gosh. It really just adds a whole nother dimension because as I said, Blake and I sit here and we talk about things, but hearing your voices and just interacting with the fandom is such a special treat. You know, this is this is bigger than us. It's bigger than us just sitting at home on our couch watching the show. It's a huge, epic show that is touching people all around the world. And it requires everybody to talk about it. This show begs its lit readers and watchers and viewers for conversation. Because it is so big. If you didn't have it, I mean, what's the point of watching it then? I'd love to just talk about there and talk about it and... You know, have a glass of scotch at 6 in the morning. Why not? Who cares, right? <laughs> I'll just continue to have my French vanilla iced coffee. <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation, please head on over to our website. It's outlandercast.com. On the website, you can actually leave voicemail, but you can also call the voicemail just from your phone. Get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outlandercast. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is the same. It's OutlanderCast. Talk to us in the email machine at OutlanderCast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube. You just need to search OutlanderCast. If you're in iTunes and you do listen to us there, we would love for you to give us a rating or a review. And we actually want to read one of your reviews right now. You guys are so good about sending us your feedback. We want to give a shout out to Ghost You Are To Me, who said that we are engaging and highly entertaining. The banter between these two is always entertaining. I may not always agree with what's said, but I enjoy the new perspectives. Blake's ridiculous Muppet voice for Claire always makes me laugh. Thank you, Ghost You Are To Me. This one's for you. Mary does a great job keeping things spoiler free for Blake. I also listen to their great podcast for the leftovers on HBO called The Living Room. Reminders. Ooh, great shout out. Thanks, girlfriend. Hearing their down-to-earth discussions weekly makes it not hard hard not to think of them as friends you need when you check in with them. And Ghost You Are To Me, that's exactly what we want to be. Blake and I started podcasting because for years we've listened to podcasts. And when Blake started dating me, I actually was listening to a podcast called MuggleCast about Harry Potter. And we would go for drives and he's like, what are you doing? Who are you listening to? Why are you laughing? And I told him, I said, when you start listening to people every single week, they kind of become your friends. You get to know their inner workings you get to know their personalities a little bit. And uh, that's what we hope we are to you guys. Some friends that you can listen to and chat with and discuss a show that you love with. So thank you once again, Ghost You Are to me. Sweetheart, if they can't get enough Outlander, where should they go for our listeners? There are some podcasts available, just like we are on iTunes, anywhere. So head on over and check out The Scott and the Sassanach. We adore, adore, adore Alistair and Lonnie. They are just two funny, funny people who are married just like myself and Blake. And same situation. Lonnie is a book reader and Alistair is not. Um, I love that they make shout outs to other shows. Just recently, they talked about 24 and they talked about one of the things that drives me crazy that that Jack Bauer never like eats. I also hate that he never takes a bathroom. So head on over, check out the Scott and the Sassanach. And also, if you are a book reader, you're going to want to check out the Outlander podcast. They've been podcasting for over a year now, and they've delved into the book. They've 
dug really deep into the series, and they have a great time recapping the show as well. So head and, on over and check them out. And Alistair, if you listen, and I, think, and I think that you are, I will be sending my rebuttal to you for the accent challenge by your next episode. <laughs> okay, it's going to be awful. I promise you, it's going to be terrible. And by but. awful, we mean amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much once again for tuning in to this extra episode of Outlander Cast. I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And we'll talk to you again after the next episode. Bye, everyone.